It's time to take off your clothes, enjoy clothes-free living, and join us for Naked, Nudist, and Naturist. Welcome to Naked, Nudist, and Naturist, the show that celebrates clothes-free living for all. I'm your host, Frank Stone. And I'm your correspondent, Lisa Monroe, and I'll be reporting on all things within the Naturist community. So it's time to get naked and join us. And enjoy clothes-free living on Naked, Nudist, and Naturists. Well, greetings and welcome in to Naked, Nudist, and Naturist, episode 36 today. Thank you for being with us. As you know, we look forward to this time together with you. Every single Saturday morning, we drop a brand new show, 6 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time, and it farms out to all the podcast platforms after that. But we're going to enjoy the next hour together. The pool is fine. The hot tub is fired up. You know what's on the grill? All kinds of good stuff. Cooler off to the left. Filled with ice and your favorite drinks. Off to the right, vegetables, fruit, even some chips. Those of you who like chips, we have everything here. We even have extra towels and suntan lotion. Can't go wrong coming in for the hour and enjoying the clothes-free living life for all of the right reasons. Glad you're with us. And we have a pretty full show for you again today. We have Andy Rogers coming up. She is... The lead, the chairperson of Women in Nude Recreation, Winner, W-I-N-R, which is part of the American Association for Nude Recreation. She is currently on a tour, and she's going to be submitting brief reports as they come about, what she's done, how it's going, and we have about a five-minute report from Andy Rogers today. Lisa Monroe is in the studio. Well, she was in the studio. She's in the hallway now getting coffee. But she's here. We will uh, go over a couple of emails, how a guy discovered nudism, naturism. And also we will address the age-old issue of one partner wants to be naked 25 hours a day. The other wants nothing to do with it. What do you do? Well, we'll talk about that today. And we'll dispense what we know. We are not mental health experts, but we are people who have lived the life. We can talk about that today. And then we will also have part one of my interview with the very terrific John Ward, Jonathan Ward. He is the lead of Young British Naturism. They are affiliated and a part of British Naturism over in the UK. So we'll talk to John Ward today about what it's all about, Young British Naturism. The age group, the age range is 18 to 35. Let's get them involved now because eventually they'll become the 36 to 100-year-old people. And we want naturism, nudism, clothes-free living for all the right reasons in a social setting to continue to live and thrive. So we'll talk to John Ward today, part one of my interview with John today, and part two on next week's show. Before we dive into all of that content, I just want to mention up front, we hardly ever do this. We've only done it a couple of times. But we've talked about the numbers a little bit on the show, and they're really good, and we're very appreciative for you listening And we almost never ask for anything in return, but today we are, and that is, would you be so kind as to give us a review? And by the way, five is the highest you can give. Thought I'd point that out. (laughs) Either on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to us, certainly on YouTube, and I don't mention that enough on this show, every Wednesday we have a preview of the upcoming show on YouTube. I post those on Twitter, but you can go right to YouTube. Just fire up Naked Nudist and Naturist, 
and subscribe there as well. And that's what we are asking today, a review and subscribe. That pushes our presence up a little bit in the world of podcasts, not just Nature's podcast, but all podcasts. We are not very aggressive about that. We just do our thing and enjoy being with you every week. But if you could do us that favor, like, review, subscribe on the podcast platform as well as YouTube, we would appreciate that very much. Well, again, you are listening to Naked, Nudist, and Nature's episode 36 today. And now let's get to a brief report from Andy Rogers, the chair of Women in Nude Recreation. Hi there, this is Andy. And this is Tom. We want to let you know how our very first stop on the Winter on Wheels tour went. And we were so happy to start our tour at the Willamantans, just outside of Marcola, Oregon, because we have so many friends there to encourage us and kind of help us figure out um, exactly what we're going to be doing. And so on that Saturday afternoon, I had 20 women that came out to be a part of my first I'm Perfect presentation. And I learned that there was one young woman that was visiting for the first time, and she decided to join us. What a privilege to be the first woman that she heard from during her first nudist experience. That was a wow for me. I speak for about an hour talking about my life story and the journey that led me to nudism and what nudism has done for me and for my mental well-being. And then at the end of the talk, I asked for a volunteer to be a living art piece. I was so pleasantly surprised when I got two. So we wrote words of encouragement on their bodies using some washable markers. And these words were precious beautiful, brave, inspiring, valuable, worthy, a beautiful soul, and many others. And these women were just so um, inspired by this as well. Kari was one of the models, and she is also in the WOW calendar with me. We're both Miss December. And she said it was incredibly empowering to remove her clothing and have people write words of encouragement about her on her body. And she loved that so much that she left those words on. (laughs) Uh, And they were still on her body the next day when we were invited over for coffee and homemade muffins at their house. So that was a beautiful thing to see how encouraging and empowering that was for her. For the men's meet and greet, we had 16 men join us. And we had a great talk on how we can help with new men coming to clubs, understanding club life, and how everybody can be a representative for nudity. I talked about Anner and why we are personally involved with the organization that prompts family values. We discussed what we can do to help volunteer at beaches and to allow the uh, public nudity. One topic was why there are not very many young people involved with the governing part of Anner. So I explained that my personal thought on that is that younger people are still having professional lives. They're in public eye. They just can't be a part of that yet. And we seem to get that question at every club. All in all, we had a great time discussing 
of the discussion with more than half the men joining in for the conversation. And, you know, and we've been talking about that. And we think that, you know, another thing that would help entice younger people to clubs would be be sure and have um, things geared towards our younger generation. Younger meaning 20s or 30s. I still feel young and I'm in my 50s. But be sure to have activities, um, especially geared towards our younger folks, just to get them into the clubs then maybe later in their life when they are able to join in and participate on the level of in the club's inner workings. That's going to come later in life. It uh, is going to come later. Uh, a lot of the younger people are still raising their families. Yeah. And we just, um, it, it's going to take some time. If we want younger people in our clubs... We gotta have something there for them. We gotta. They they like five k runs. They like uh, maybe some sports tournaments of some kind. There or like our club personally does a music fest for four days. That's what draws the people in. You if if your club is is not putting on something to attract the younger people, they just simply are not going to show up. So that could take a lot of work, I know, for for some clubs. But um, if that's a, of concern to you, then maybe maybe those are some things that you could consider. Um, at the end of the weekend, there, you know, many people came up to us and thanked us for being there. They said they felt empowered and enriched with uh, the words that we shared with them, with just being there and talking with them. And as a word person, I love the word enriched. <laughs> if I can enrich someone's life, I think that's what we're out here to do. And that's what we want to do. But we'd personally like to thank the Willamettans community for hosting us. Uh, we didn't have to pay anything when we were there, which makes a huge difference for us in the long run. Um, that'll make our budget stretch even further. So we want to thank the Willamettans. Um, they were an absolutely phenomenal stop on this tour. And there you go. Andy Rogers, the chair of winner for Anner. You, you know what that means, right? Women in nude recreation for the American association of nude recreation. It's a mouthful, but you know what it is. And she does an absolutely terrific job and her husband, uh, Tom helping as well. We will have another report from Andy Rogers on next week's show. Very intelligent, very articulate lady. We thank Mitch London for appointing her to the chair now, we're looking forward to more reports from Andy Rogers, as well as a full interview a little bit down the road. While you are listening to Naked, Nudist, and Naturist, episode 36 today, and as you can tell, and as I can tell, by the music that has been sneaking up on us for the last few moments, it's time to bring in the one, the only, the terrific, the one-of-a-kind, fully clothes-free and fully smiling and fully enjoying life, the very terrific Lisa Monroe. And here she is, the one and only, the way over the top, clothes free and smiling and dancing, whatever any of that means, the terrific Lisa Monroe. Good morning, Lisa. How are you today? Good morning, Frank. And I am always over the top. <laughs> well, not really. but <laughs> I'm actually a quiet, shy little yeah. person. What can I tell you? 
Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, I don't think you bought that, did you? <laughs> okay, just be that way. I don't even know what over-the-top clothes-free means, but it sounds like it's a good thing to me. What do you think? Oh, I hope it's a good thing, so we'll go with that. It yeah, works for absolutely, me. Absolutely. <laughs> and you too. <laughs> That's right. You know, what I always intend to mention and then fail to do so, because we always want to get to the content right away, we have so much to give to the listeners, is we do want to ask, and I mentioned this before, uh, for them to uh, rate and review the show if they go on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, YouTube, all of the above. Give us a rating. I think it's one through five. Five is the highest. Just thought I'd point that out <laughs> because that helps us uh, in the ratings here. We're already way up there and we appreciate that. But if you could just give us that little extra boost while you're listening, just give us a rating. If you give us a review in writing, you know we enjoy that. But the way the ratings work, just give us a number with five being the highest. Did I mention that, Lisa, that five is the highest? I thought five was the only number on that list. But yes, I think five, five is the highest. That could, <laughs> that could be true, too. We had a couple of nefarious characters in the naturism community. We won't mention their names. I believe all of our listeners would know the names. They went on there and gave us a one. Now, come on, guys. What are you doing here? We're here to support each other. You don't give the other shows or the other... Uh, content providers a one rating to make yourself look better because you actually look worse. But enough about that. We just hope people will give us a review and a rating. And uh, we're asking you to do that. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, one of the three, two of the three, or all three. So how about that for a shameless plug, Lisa Monroe? Oh, there's nothing shameless about it. Yeah, I guess maybe it was shameless, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we have a couple of emails to get to today. Uh, the first one is uh, rather short and sweet, how a gentleman uh, found naturism, nudism, and he actually went out and bought a nudist campground. He went from, you know, kind of on the shy side to, hey, now I own the place. So let's uh, read that uh, together. I'll read the first couple of paragraphs, and I'll turn it over to you for the last uh, few. Uh, it says, my name is Steve. I started being a naturist when I was a kid. When my parents were not home, I would strip and walk around the house naked. When I became an adult, I saw an ad in a newspaper that said, if you want to get naked, call us. We are going to a nudist campground. Why don't you take it from there? I thought about it. I figured if I rode with them and didn't like it, how would I get home? I drove down to the campground and went to the men's room and said to myself, are you going to do this or not? Since I was there, I ripped off my clothes and went to the pool. I found myself feeling great. I made many friends. The campground has now been sold and, and now a textile campground. I now own an RV at a nudist campground. <laughs> Have a great nude time. Absolutely. I misread that. I, I thought he owned the campground. He owns an RV at the campground. Yes. So we apologize for that, Steve. A couple of things I wanted to point out on that. Uh, first of all, we hear this a lot, mostly from males, but females too. When they were kids, middle school, high school, whatever, when their parents were gone, the clothes came off. So the desire, even at younger ages, to do this. Then when they get into adulthood, it's a matter of who they know or who they meet or whether life goes, whether they pursue it. And Steve, of course, uh, was naked at home all the time when his parents were gone. And he looked forward to it as an adult. And then he got there and had that moment like, am I going to do this or not? He did. And now he owns a darn RV at the uh, nudist campground. So I guess hats off to Steve, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I think that yeah, I, I remember even doing that when I was younger. My parents were gone. I was an only child. So, you know, it was like it, in some ways it felt like you were thinking of yourself as an adult 
free to do what you wanted to. No one told you what to do. So you just strip off the clothes and run around the house and then you feel guilty and then you get be sure, oh my God, are they coming home? So then you'd run and get dressed again. But but I think it's very common for us because I think it's a natural environment and kids kids tend to revert to what's natural to them. Mm-hmm. That's That's a very good point. Okay, the second email is fairly lengthy, but we're going to read it because it's, it's worth it. And if we don't have full time to discuss it, we'll extend it uh, to the next show. But it has to do with the age-old question that we get asked a lot for advice, wisdom, knowledge. One partner loves the new lifestyle. One partner does not. So what do we do? And this guy sent us a letter, and actually things turned out pretty well. So we'll go ahead and read this. It says, hi, Frank and Lisa. Let me start out by saying how much I love your podcast. I think it was episode 21 that you read a letter from a gentleman who could not convince his wife to try naturism. So let me, please let me tell my story. Throughout my youth, I grew up in the country near a lake. My neighborhood had only one girl in our relative age group. So skinny dipping after dark was a pretty common thing. Keep in mind, this was the late 60s and early 70s. My wife and I married at 18 years old and I was in the Navy. In 1978, I was stationed in San Diego, and we as a couple went a couple of times to Black's Beach. My wife would lie on her stomach, but cover up every time she stood up. Due to ship schedule, she and my infant son went back to our home state, and every time I came back to port in San Diego, I practically lived at Black's. Fast forward to 2022, and why don't you take it from there? We live within about 30 minutes from a clothing-optional camping resort. They advertised celebrating Naked Hiking Day with a prize if you completed a 5K hike around their property. I was able to talk her into it with the understanding that she didn't have to be naked unless she wanted to use the pool. We hiked the trails, me nude, and she wore a pullover cover-up. When we finished the hike, I wanted to use the pool, so I swam as she sat on the pool chair and eventually took off her cover-up, but was very nervous and was only naked about 20 minutes. In November, she wanted to take a trip to Nogales, Mexico. I suggested driving from Michigan, and we could incorporate a visit with my brother, who lives in Phoenix. On the trip to Mexico, I listened to a few different podcasts. Although I thought she was listening to her audiobook, she kept commenting on the podcast. After listening to a podcast wherein the host interviewed single women at a resort, we had a very good discussion. She asked if there were any naturist places near where we were going to be. Okay, now I'll take it from there. Well, we ended up going near Tucson and stopped at Miravista Resort. After checking in, we went to the changing rooms by the pool. After my shower, I came out looking for my wife's cover-up and couldn't find her. As I got closer to the pool, I saw her on a lounge chair completely naked. I was shocked. She said that after listening to the women being interviewed, her body had been good to her birthing and nursing three children, so who cares if someone else sees her? We hiked naked around the ground, sat at the bar naked, chatting with the locals, and played naked pickleball. The people were so friendly and welcoming. Take it from there. Since then, we have been to our local clothing optional resort a couple of days and several times to Turtle Lake Resort near Battle Creek, Michigan. The only time we both felt uncomfortable was when the only room we could book was in their community building, and they put a single man in the room right next to us. We never saw him when he wasn't fully dressed. We went to a wine tasting event that the resort hosted, and he told me he liked that resort because he never used the pool, so he never had to get naked. He seemed awfully creepy. We now have reservations in a couple of weeks at Shangri-La again. My wife grew up in a Catholic family. The oldest girl was seven siblings. They lived in a farmhouse with one bathroom, and the boys all had to walk through the girls' bedroom to get to the kitchen. 
She had never been naked outside of the shower until we married. And then I'll finish up. If your listeners uh, from episode 21 need advice, start by complimenting your wife by telling her how beautiful she is every time you see her naked. Sleep naked and encourage her to do so. So we get this a lot, and this couple found happiness, and he basically used, okay, this nudist resort as a place where you can, you can be clothed all day unless you go swimming. I'm going to be naked. You can stay clothed or you can join me, whatever you want to do. And sometimes that's a safe way uh, to get the other person there. And it's usually men who want to go and women who are a little resistant based on all the nonsense out there, you know, how they were raised in the society and media, you know, girls keep covered up. And so they grow up with that whole mindset. But they also listen to some shows on naturism. Ours was not one of them because we were not on yet. We just started in 2023, and he mentioned this as 2022. So as she began to listen, like, wait a minute, this is a thing. And these single women are saying, yeah, I do it all of the time. What is your reaction to this email and any comments before we dive more deeply into it? For one thing, I think this gentleman probably handled his situation with a reluctant spouse or partner um, in a very good, positive way. He never pushed her. He made certain that she, the podcasts were there. She wanted to listen to them, you know, and he seemed to be perfectly comfortable with her being in her comfort zone and letting her make the decision when she was ready to move. And I think that's a, a really good thing that's happened between them because I think it builds a much healthier rapport between them for this. She's never, she never felt pushed to do it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, again, we are not psychologists. We are not trained mental health experts. So take our, what we say for what it is worth, just two people living the life and enjoying it. But we've also heard seemingly trillions of stories about this. We're passing along what we know. If you're in a relationship, Lisa, the first order of business would be you're looking out for the other person. You know, if you're selfish, maybe you shouldn't be in a relationship. So your number one goal is how can I take care of this other person? And let's just use marriage since that's what these people are talking about. So if you're the husband, your first order of business is take care of your wife. So you don't push her. You don't bully her. You don't say, well, you don't love me if you don't want to go. None of that works and it has no place in a relationship. But what this guy did is he introduced her to it, you know, little by little. She began to get it, and she tried it, and then she absolutely embraced it for all of the right reasons. And maybe that's the lesson. You can't push anybody. You can't force anybody to go. I guess I guess you could in some ways. That'd be very unhealthy. But if somebody is forced to go, uh, they're not going for the right reasons, and it really won't work out long term. Is that the best way, just step at a time, put your partner's needs above yours? And that goes both ways. You know, the woman says, well, I have no desire to get naked. I think it's creepy and bizarre, but boy, my husband seems to like it. So maybe I'll, I'll, I'll listen to some shows. I'll listen to Frank and Lisa, Naked Nudist and Naturist. I'll read some books and I'll explore it because my husband likes it. So let me find out why he likes it. And then, heck, maybe I'll end up liking it, too. And maybe they don't, but at least they've given it a shot. What do you think of that? I think it's very important for a partner, wife, girlfriend, husband, boyfriend. It doesn't matter what the relationship is. But if you have respect for the person that you're in, you know, with and they really love something, then even if you don't participate, you need to understand. And so this 
uh, no, I don't like that. No, I can't do that. No, I won't is ridiculous. Say, you know, I'm uncomfortable doing this. Tell me more. Let me learn more about it. I don't know if I can, but I'm willing to look. And I mean, it's compromise. It's, it's how relationships work. It's like, you know, whether you have spaghetti or, or Mexican food for dinner. I mean, you have to talk things through. You have to do what each other is comfortable with. And so I think, yes, I think it's, it's as responsible on the person who is opposed to something side to actually attempt to figure out why this is important to their spouse. Yeah. And whether they accept it long-term, that's to be determined. But until you know why your partner, spouse, friend likes it, then you won't be able to understand exactly what it does for him or her. Now, as the woman, as the woman in the Frank and Lisa segment, I guess we should, I think our listeners know that. I think they know that I'm the man and you're the woman. Do you think so? Oh, I would really hope so by now. <laughs> I think my voice is a tiny bit higher than yours, but not sure. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, so you're in a relationship, mm-hmm. and the husband, the man says, I want to be naked 25 hours a day. I want to go to every nudist resort in town and hit the naked beach every weekend. And the wife says, absolutely not. Uh, I'll look into it. I'll explore it. I'll listen to these shows and read books and so on and so forth. But as of now, uh, no chance in the world. Does the guy still go to the beach? Does the guy still walk around the house nude? Does he still go to nudist resorts? Or is that off limits until the wife spouse comes around if she ever does? What what do you think? Well, I think if there's a if if the spouse cares about the guy, then walking around the house, yes. Going to nudist resorts until she's comfortable with it without her, you know, that depends on that relationship. And I'm not going to say it's right or wrong, but for me, it would probably be an issue. Um, Because if someone said, hey, I don't care, I'm going anyway, honey, you stay here dressed. And so I think that's not the attitude. I think maybe if he says, I would like to go, do you have an issue with it? Tell me what you think maybe that would that would work. I mean, it's yeah. it's a very individual thing. Naturism is an individual thing. It is basically us as a, as an as a person and our needs and what we want. And then we have to figure out how we work that into a relationship with other people, whether it be a, yeah. a spouse or a friend or a family member, because you know it's just a very individual thing. And I don't, I don't have an, well, you know, again, it comes down to the situation, but I'm not sure I would be comfortable with someone going off for a weekend at the nudist camp, you know, maybe right. a day would be okay, but you know, or maybe to the nude beach without me. I don't know. It just depends right. on the situation. Yeah. And you have that other element that we haven't spoken about it yet. Okay. The wife is home. Uh, no interest in nudism. The husband dances off to a resort. The wife's thinking, wait a minute, there's going to be 50, 1,000, 10 billion naked women there with my husband also naked. And that could create issues too. Even if the husband just say, hey, I just want to go and hang out naked and have some iced tea, there could still be sus- uh, suspicions that seep in there, which creates another problem. You already have one problem and now you've just created another one. So your advice is what? Well, to the guy, like hang loose, yeah, keep complimenting you know, your wife, as the one listener said. And, I think those those were good. You know, self esteem is very important in for us. Yeah, this yeah. body consciousness is really and truly nothing but self esteem. This body body positive that you're comfortable with yourself, that you're 
confident with yourself. So if, you know, anything you can do to help someone's self-esteem, because that's something they need to feel. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. Yeah. But, um, but, and just one other thing about this, the person who's there left behind, if they're still reluctant about naturism, it may be that they still do not understand that naturism has nothing to do with sexual desire or right. sexual appeal. They may still have that hang up. And so they're going to be fearful that it leads to something that they don't want to have happen in the relationship. So there, so I think it's that fear also that, that creates some issues. So there's a lot of things to unpack when you're trying to put two people together who don't have the same approach to things. Yeah. And then we're talking about people in a relationship and my advice, of course, this is great, easy for me to say, but take care of this before you get in the relationship Maybe on the first, second, third date. Oh, by the way, I like to go to the nudist resort every weekend. What do you think? And if she runs out of the restaurant screaming, well, you have your answer. If she says, well, tell me more. Well, you you have your answer again. But to wait until you're in the marriage and then drop this bombshell, like any other bombshell. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you drive a nice conservative car and you get married and say, hey, by the way, I want to buy a brand new Corvette for $70,000. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And the wife says, what? You've never mentioned that before. Well, that's a bombshell, too. So maybe just don't drop bombshells, get things out on the table and settle ahead of time. Easy advice for me to give when you're already in the relationship. But for those not in a relationship yet, you think that's pretty good advice? Get it out in the open first? I think it's excellent advice because communication and trust are the number one thing. And trust is actually the number one thing between people. And if, if you find out that there's something they held up from you, and suddenly you find it again, and that little trust starts to get edged away. And so what else are they hiding? What else are they doing? And I think in the long run, you're going to have an, an issue. So There you go. All right. Well, Lisa Monroe, thank you very much. We do need to head for the hills here to get to our interview. Always great to see you. Always great to have you here. Please remain clothes-free, smiling, and dancing all week, and we'll see you next time. Absolutely. You too. Take care. All right. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Always a ray of sunshine when she shows up at the studio, the terrific Lisa Monroe. And when I mentioned that before in a previous show, we have three other women who work here. They said, hey, I thought I brought sunshine every day, too. (laughs) And they do. Uh, But Lisa doesn't actually work here. She only pops in for her segments. So uh, nothing uh, personal intended, ladies. Yes, you bring sunshine to the studio every day. And I only point out when Lisa brings it because she brings it so sparingly because she doesn't work here every day. I think I got myself out of trouble. We'll find out. (laughs) But you are listening to Naked, Nudist, and Naturist, episode 36 today. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, mentioned it when talking to Lisa, please go ahead and like and subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and don't forget those weekly previews that we give you every Wednesday morning, 6 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time on YouTube, 8, 10, 12 minutes or so of what's coming up on the next Saturday. For example, today's preview for today's show was just a few days ago. And we appreciate you being part of the show here, part of the team, close free living for all of the right reasons. 
Well, let's get to part one of my interview with the very terrific, highly articulate, obviously very intelligent gentleman from the UK, John Ward, Jonathan Ward. He goes by both names. He is the chair. He is the lead of Young British Naturism, all about getting the group 18 to 35 involved, and he's doing a great job. So let's do it right now. Part one of my interview with the very terrific John Ward. So let's head over to the UK. We are going to meet uh, the lead of Young British Naturists, uh, a part of British Naturists. We've talked about them before. We've had some people on from that organization, and uh, this man leads it all right now. So let's bring him to the show, find out what it's all about. From the UK, from Young British Naturists, John Ward. Good morning, John. How are you today? I am very good, thank you. Um, It is raining as usual here because it is always raining in the UK, Uh, (laughs) but lovely to be on your show today. Uh, glad to have you here. I'm guessing the outdoors, uh, naturist, clothes, free living uh, kind of thing really doesn't go over well this time of year. Is, is that safe to say? That is definitely safe to say. We don't <laughs> really have great weather, to be honest, at most points of the year, um, yeah. but especially not during winter months. Um, I, I don't do Fahrenheit. It confuses me. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. But Celsius wise, um, yeah. at the moment, it hasn't got above 10 degrees for about Ouch. two weeks. So I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, um, but it's very, very cold. So naturism Mm. for us is more so confined to summer months uh, when we at least have temperatures somewhere above 10 degrees. Yeah. As everybody knows, the UK is not renowned for sun. Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) I used to I used to live in a very cold climate similar to yours, except I had the added benefit of a lot of snow every year. And it just was what it was. And, you know, I have dogs that would have to go out. I'd go out nude. No, I wouldn't stay there for three or four hours. It'd be, you know, one or two minutes. Come on, guys, we got to go in. Dad's getting cold here. Uh, So, you know, I tried to get outside every day, even when I was in the uh, cold climate. Now I'm in a warm climate, so it's much easier. But still gets chilly here every once in a while, but not like yours. But I'm guessing it's also safe to say you're leading uh, the clothes free life indoors as much as you can, right? Absolutely. And, you know, from from being a, a young kid, I was doing that as well. Uh, yeah. Social naturism is relatively new to me still. Um, but yes, we have to very much rely on, you know, the, the indoor clothes free living for a lot of the year. We do That's still right. have things where we can meet up with people. For example, there's a really nice spa that runs uh, bi-monthly meets um where it's nice and warm inside there's a hot tub outside and you can't complain with the hot tub even if it's snowing it's nice so there's lots of different options to engage with people and to engage with naturism even when it's cold outside yep absolutely so now i do want to get into the whole young british naturist thing and what that's all about i know the age range is 18 to 35 but before we do i want to back up just a little bit and you've alluded to it somewhat as your background story for naturism uh, we talked off air. I was allowed to be nude from birth on. Only had to get dressed if I went to the store or church or school, you know, the, the typical things like that. Uh, but you had a different story. So if you don't mind just telling us what your story is and what led you to finally say, you know what, I think I'm going to go to a resort or a club and give this a shot. And you went from that to the head, the lead of Young British Naturist. So how did you get involved in all this? How, how did it evolve in your life? So I've always said that I've been an at-home naturist, but I've never been brought up in a naturist household. So when I was growing up, I always had a preference for not wearing clothes. My parents didn't much like that. Um, <laughs> we're always trying to make sure that I was clothed uh, on all occasions, uh, but but failed a lot of the time. Um, <laughs> so naturism has always been a part of my life to some extent, although for a long time I didn't necessarily understand what naturism was. 
Uh, my only uh, knowledge of naturism was, you know, classic 1970s, 1980s films like Carry On Camping. Don't know yeah. if those were popular in the US. Um, so uh, I watched those and that was a very satirical sort of version of people naked, uh, more on the slightly dodgy wink wink sort of hush hush side uh, yeah. but that was my knowledge of of naturism at that point i didn't come across social naturism until much much later on so i think it was 2018 uh, i saw a article on facebook it was just a, a served advertisement it was for vice magazine and they'd been to one of british naturism's festivals called nkd which is a youth and families festival and i read through the article and it was overall quite negative the person who'd gone didn't enjoy it, but she also remained clothed for the entire time and just felt that she just didn't have an enjoyable experience there. But I read through it and I thought, it's not just me that's weird. There's actually other people that, you yeah, know, right. like being naked and don't like wearing clothes all the time. So yeah, exactly. I suppose it's it's one of those things where even if it's negative coverage, it's still positive potentially to somebody who is the audience for that. Let's say. So you mentioned uh, at-home naturism, even when you were a kid, but your parents frowned upon it. But that means you were nude in your home. Did they like as soon as you walked out of your bedroom with no clothes? Hey, get back in your room and get clothes on. Or do they let you fun and frolic around for a bit before they told you to get dressed? It was uh, very much the former. So I was always told oh. to get dressed. Um, okay. But I, I quite often would leave my room without any clothes and I not really think too much about it. Yeah. I think probably until my teenage years when naturally you become more body aware. Um, and that's when a lot of people, even in naturist households, start to disengage from naturism as well. Right. Um, over those, you know, more difficult years, shall we say. Uh, but yes, I didn't have a naturism friendly upbringing. And everybody in my family is aware now about naturism um, and what I do. Uh, but there's very few people who either show any interest in it. And if anything, probably a little bit more on the judgmental side, I'd say. Sure. Um, but I've just learned not to care that much, to be honest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good attitude to have. And uh, a lot of people, and we talked about this a little bit before we started the interview, and we've talked about it on the show before, a lot of people in the textile world equate naturism with sexual activity. And to me, nothing could be farther from the truth. That's two polar opposites. And I know that you agree with that, but that's sometimes a stigma when you tell people, oh, I'm uh, social naturism. Oh, you're one of those guys. You know, every weekend you're doing whatever. And it's like, no, not at all. And then I always want to tell people, you know, you're, you have clothes on and you went to the store. Oh, you're one of those people. I, I never say that to them. So why do they say it to us? I don't know. But I, is that part of what you faced and also continue to face uh, with family uh, members? Yes, to an extent. I always yeah. try and qualify it straight away by saying what naturism actually is, Good. because otherwise people fill in the blank spaces themselves and assume <laughs> that true. it's in relation to, you know, yeah. sexual based activities, because that is, yeah, it's just, well, it's been, in terms of society, that's the, the assumption <laughs> that it yeah. is that. Uh, so yeah. I think it's just important that when you do say that you're a naturist, you actually say, well, what a naturist is, because yeah. most people simply don't, don't know. I'll just assume. Yeah. You know, you know, as far as social naturism goes, I haven't told this story before on the show. I suppose I should. So here we go, John. <laughs> I was uh, brought into a naturist club to interview people. They said, you know, if you can just bring your uh, remote equipment in, we'll set you up by the pool. We'll bring people over to you. Great. So I showed up. And of course, anytime I show up to any event, I'm always well-dressed. I just, that's how I function in society until we get to the naturist activities. So I think I had on a pair of pants, uh, a dress shirt. I'm not sure if I had a tie on that day. I don't remember. 
But I started setting my stuff up, and there were probably 50 to 75 uh, nude people surrounding the pool, the hot tub, uh, grilling. You know you know how it goes. Is that somebody's home? And the, the host came over and said, were you going to get your clothes off? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> said, I'm trying to focus on getting all the equipment set up. I have 5 million wires here and cords. And he goes, oh, okay, no problem. So I'm struggling to get all this stuff done. He came over again. He goes, you're going to get your clothes off? Because I was literally the only one there. But I wasn't paying attention to them. I was trying to focus on getting set up. And then when I looked around, it's like, you know, I really look very odd here to these people because 75 people fully nude, one radio guy fully dressed. So, you know, we took care of that. (laughs) It it immediately, uh, I guess, I felt a little more comfortable. I didn't feel uncomfortable because I wasn't really paying attention. But I could tell the atmosphere, especially the host, but other people like, okay, good. So he's not one of those who's going to stay dressed all the time. We can continue on with our party. Funny how that happens, isn't it? Mm. It's absolutely a barrier to communication, I always find. Mm. If somebody is dressed in a naturist setting, first of all, you're thinking, well, why are they dressed? Why are they actually here? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's something that I've always noticed. Uh, But yeah, for that person, it is uncomfortable too, um, because they very much stand out. And like I mentioned before about the article with Vice magazine that I read, that person stood out and didn't feel comfortable because they didn't take part. I've seen subsequently when we've had journalists join us for festivals, we have actually said that people typically have a better experience as a journalist new to naturism if they're willing to at least partially take part in naturist type activities. And that is the most important thing. The positive coverage that we get is typically from people who are willing to step out of their comfort zone a little bit and take part so they can actually experience it because you don't experience it from the sidelines. You, you can passively observe, but you don't experience what it's like to be a naturist. And I imagine that a lot of people, although I acknowledge that naturism isn't for everybody, but a lot of people probably will enjoy it if they try it. It's just a shame that so many people have that stigma um, in their mind that stops them from doing that because they're worried about what people might think or, well, what actually is this? It's a little bit weird. Yeah. But then when you get into it, it's just like having a conversation with somebody Yeah. anywhere else. The, the clothing is, com- well, the lack of clothing is completely coincidental. Yeah. And that's what I try and get across to people. It's just like socializing, but you're removing all those barriers that you normally have with communication. So when somebody's dressed, how much do we communicate through how we dress day to day? I have so many fantastic conversations with people that I might not think about having if I see what they dress like. And I feel bad for saying that, but we all have these subconscious biases in our minds about what we can talk about with people, what that person's like. And without the clothes, we remove that. And we actually realize that, well, realistically, we're all just people. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I, I was going to say, I think you're right, but actually I know that you're right because I did the same thing for years in the corporate world. You know, I was Mr. Suit and Tie and believe me, I dressed for the occasion. I was there to impress people with what I wore. So when I walked into the room, if they didn't know me, they would say, okay, there's an important guy. Don't know who he is or what he does, but he's clearly important. And I would make those same judgments other people in, in the well, in corporate America, how they dressed, or this color, that style, that fit, it just kind of analyzing things. When In naturism, of course, 100% of that is gone. I walk into a room with nothing on, Nobody's going to say, wow, look at that expensive suit. They're going to say, oh, nice. Frank Frank is here. Hey, Frank, how you doing? Anyway, we'll go back to whatever they were doing. I don't know. 
it's hard to convince people of that, maybe impossible, until they actually try it. And I'm guessing you've seen people walk in like, I don't know, John, I don't know. I don't, and then they take their claws off. It's like, oh, wow, this is pretty good. You've seen that millions of times, I guess. Time and time again. Yeah. Uh, the people that typically sign up to British naturism online, they, have, they are already curious about naturism to start with. But a lot of the time, like I mentioned before the interview started, it's getting past those first time nerves. It's knowing where to start. Yeah. I became more involved in YBN, in Young British Naturism, because there were so many people joining and then not renewing after a year and we'd never meet them. So oh, we, we have yeah. a forum and people would post on, oh, hi, I'm, I'm Joe. I'm in this area. I'm new to naturism, don't know where to start. And then... If people don't reach out to that person, they don't know where to start. Well, mm. how can they get a foothold in the community? Yeah. So my initial role started on a non-formal basis by just messaging people who were joining and saying, hi, I'm John. These are all the events that are happening. This is how you take part. These worries are normal. Um, you know, just saying about what's my first event going to be, like just explaining about my personal experiences. Mm -hmm. And then bit by bit, more of those people either started messaging back or come and see me when they go to the first event and say, well, actually, you were the person that convinced me to come. Wow. And it's been fantastic to see that. Yeah. Uh, we had a uh, we hired out a full water park uh, back in June this year. And mm -hmm. I had five people come up to me and say, oh, are you John? Oh, I got that email from you. And then started, you know, a conversation about how that is what got them to go to that event, which was their first event. And that was amazing to see because it shows the actual impact that yeah. your work is having on people who yeah. are considering naturism as a lifestyle choice or just for a, for a social sort of like engagement point of view. And yeah, it's given them that first step up to actually taking an active part in our community, which is fantastic. More the merrier. So you saw time and time again, uh, people would join young British naturists and, and they'd stay there for a year or maybe never show up to an event, but they'd get online once in a while or maybe not even that. And then it kind of went by the wayside. You saw that for uh, quite a bit. I always find that you've got, let's say, the golden month. So somebody joins up, they're interested in naturism, and they've paid the, 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 the fee for the year. If you don't engage those people in an activity or at least get them talking to other members within that time period where they're enthusiastic, you've lost them. Yeah. So it's all about making sure that you've got local events nearby to somebody or a big event that's attractive and you can get that person talking to others and engaging with others, get to know somebody. And that makes it so much easier to then pull them in to more events. And then you're just meeting friends mm -hmm. and then it's it's normalized for that person. So that's the most important thing that I found leading out in British naturism, it's just getting that first contact. And once people go to one event, typically they will go to many, many more. It's just that first event. Yeah. Now, it looks like British naturism is located in Northampton. Is that correct? Um, our head office was in Northampton, yes. Okay. Um, a lot of the work's now done remotely. Um, okay. Yeah. Of right. course, after COVID, a lot of people moved out of the offices and just haven't really gone back. Right. Um, so, yes, it was in Northampton previously, but it doesn't really impact the running of the organization, let's say. Okay, so the question is, you have uh, uh, naturist activities all over the country. It's not just right there in Northampton. People don't have to come to you. You'll go to them, is that right? Absolutely. So we've got different regions in the UK, which are covered by our regional organizers who lead activities in their region of the country. So we've got Eastern region, we've got um, Yorkshire and Midlands, we've got Scotland um, and Northern Ireland as well. So those people then coordinate activities on a more local level. It's very difficult for BN as an, organ as an organization to plan for events when 
the person organising them is not in that region themselves. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, it's much better to go out and see what these places are like before you organise something. It's very yeah. challenging to do that if you're based near London. Um, and this event is planned like in the deepest, darkest part of Scotland. <laughs> so you really need yeah, right. someone local to help inform, well, where are these places? Yeah. Try and get some local contacts going. Can we can we get an in, let's say, to yeah. to organise something there? One of the challenges that we face a lot of the time is, again, that public perception of naturism mm-hmm. being something inherently sexual mm-hmm. when it's not yeah. at all. Not but when you're all. contacting venues, you've got to get past that prejudice first. So that is one of our biggest challenges. It's convincing places to actually allow us to have events there, which is a sad, it's a sad state of affairs to be in. Yeah. Uh, but it's why we also hold on to those places that, yeah. you know, do allow us to visit. And there's one of the hotels in Blackpool, which is a, a seaside resort in the UK, um, that had us for the first time about three years ago. I remember speaking to the staff there and they were saying, well, we're really worried at first what it's going to be like. And then you come here and it's just like any other event, but everybody's really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, and, you know, the, the British naturism's tag is BN, um, but it's a common joke that brings nice people because oh, you yeah. always find that yeah. the nicest people you meet are typically naturists yeah. and you don't find that many people who are actively engaged in the community that aren't just genuinely really nice people. And that's one of the nicest things about our community. Yeah, so these different venues that you rent, uh, that comes with maybe staffing that, that that they provide, but usually they don't do naturist activities, but when you show up, they do? Yes, yes. Okay. So most of our venues are just general venues. I don't like using the word textile because it creates like an us and them kind of feeling. Right, right, um, right, right, right. But the majority are non-naturist venues. We do okay. have quite a lot of clubs across the country. I think in the US you've got a similar sort of system. So we do have a lot of those clubs that are very friendly towards new members uh, but primarily we do hire out non-naturist venues yep. and again that's one of the challenges that we have with trying to recruit those venues because of those preconceptions about what naturism is and yeah. and isn't and it's breaking through those barriers yeah sad but true now what is the the, the majority age for naturism people is, is it just in general, is it 50 and up? Is it 55 and up throughout the world? Do you know that number? So throughout the world, I'm not quite sure on that one, but for for, for, um, for British naturism, uh, it's around about 60. I don't know oh. an exact number, but it's, it's you know, about 60, which is why okay. young British naturism is so important in yeah. British naturism. Yeah. Because under 35, which I understand is still on the older side for young, I don't feel young, my back hurts all the time. Um, <laughs> but from a demographic point of view, it's young. So the vast majority, we, we have 9,000 members roughly in the UK now. Okay. Um, and I think roughly around about 500 people are under 35 out okay. of 9,000. So okay. we are talking a very, very small percentage overall. Yeah. And that's something that we're looking to develop further by okay. offering more opportunities to socialise and to engage. We've got a, a programme in British Naturism called Just One Person. So it's tell somebody that you know who's not a naturist about naturism and see whether or not they might want to take part. Mm-hmm. And providing more opportunities to socialise with people similar to your age group is a fantastic way to bring in just one person yeah. to BN, to social naturism. And that works really, really well. Because again, one of the main worries about naturism is, I don't know anybody, I'm going into a room full of naked people, oh my goodness, what's that going to yeah. be like? Yeah. And if you at least know somebody, that makes yeah. that first step a little bit easier. 
Yeah, well, I had the same uh, exact experience. Uh, I've told this on the show before. Naturist at home, always nude at home, went to my first resort and was I'm in my 30s. And I thought, what am I doing here? I'm going to walk in. There's going to be all kinds of weird stuff going on. I'm probably going to leave within 30 seconds. So even as an active naturist in my home and in my community, even in our neighborhood, we had several naturist families, we'd get together. So naturism was normal, yet I, even I was apprehensive going to a club. So I can imagine a so-called textile person thinking, you got to be kidding me, John Ward, you want me to do what? <laughs> but, but you see, that's why it's so important to have small local events yeah. that have got a low entry point. So like a low yeah. cost associated. Yeah. So all the way through the year at Clover Spa, they've got an event called Young Clover. Uh, so that's exclusive for people under 40 to go and just go use the spa facilities. It's a completely naturist venue. The hotel is and okay. the spa is too. But the charge for that is around about £25, probably, I don't know, in dollars, about $35. I don't know exactly what the conversion rate is. Mm-hmm. But it's a relatively low price to go and just to give it, a, you know, see if it, see if it does work for you. Because yeah. what have you lost? It's very different um, paying £25 compared to spending £300 on a festival. Because yeah. if you don't like the festival, you're out of you're out of pocket, quite a lot of money there. If you That's don't right. like a spa day, you've lost comparatively very, very little. And you might stay for, you know, 10 hours or you might only stay for five minutes, but at least yeah. you tried it. And that's what I'm trying to get people to think about now. It's go to a smaller event for your first one where there's lots of people of a similar age. Try and get to know people. If you don't like it, just walk out the door. You don't have to think about it, but you tried it. That's right. And nine times out of 10, if you get people to that first event, they're going to stay because right. everybody is always really friendly at events. That's right. And we love seeing new faces because yeah. it is still a small community. So when yeah. somebody new comes in, we're always really welcoming and want to get them involved in something that we all enjoy and, you know, are very passionate about. Yeah. So they show up a little apprehensive. The clothes come off and within moments they're feeling pretty comfortable. And then they go from apprehensive to, hey, John, can we have another one of these tomorrow? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it's fantastic to see that. Because again, it's something that everybody who is active in British naturism and in naturist circles, well, loves. It's a big part of our lives. Yeah. I never thought that naturism would be this much of a of a part of my life, to be honest. But gradually yeah. with with roll creep, let's say, this is how it's ended yeah. up. <laughs> That's right. Well, one of the biggest complaints I'll hear from clubs, club members, uh, people who own clubs or manage them is the whole young people thing. They have an older crowd. You mentioned 60 and up, and I've heard 50, 55 and up still, you know, getting up there. And their concern is what do we do when these people leave? You know, they pass away or we don't have anybody coming up behind them to replace them. So that's why I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. You're going after the the crowd that's 18 to 35. Let's get you in now. You can find out the joys of close free living. And then eventually they'll take over, right? They'll become the 50 year olds and 60 year olds. And it's a you know self-fulfilling situation, which to me makes perfect sense. And I saw somewhere, I think it was online, either something you sent me or uh, the British Naturist uh, website, you sign up between 18 and 35. You have to join BN first. You got to be a, a join British Naturist first. Then you become a member of YBN. But when you hit 35, that automatically transfers over to BN, right? We are a part of BN, essentially. So as soon as somebody joins British Naturism, they're automatically enrolled based on the date of birth given at, at sign up. Mm-hmm. So you're automatically part of Young British Naturism. When you leave Young British Naturism, then you essentially lose access to that club. 
But that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't still be an active part in, you know, getting to continuing to contact people who are part of young British naturism. People yeah. very quickly form their own friendship groups in naturism yeah. as well. So yeah. although you might lose access to the club, let's say, and the forums yeah. that are private for YBN only, mm-hmm. you still have all those social contacts. And there is a, a general move now towards trying to engage people who are just above 35 as well. So it's not like a, a cliff edge that people fall off at 35 Uh, but that's something that needs to be looked at by somebody else essentially because my my time resources are limited in terms of what I can do so I'm focusing on youth engagement at the moment and then maybe when I age out I'll have a look at what to do after that point so like xybn again I'm one person I can only do so much (laughs) so that's probably something that I will look at later on um, down the line because there is some work to do there certainly but one of the challenges that we always have is trying to get people to volunteer Mm-hmm. and to give up their free time to help and promote naturism. There are lots of people who are great in the community yeah. and are a big part of it, but it's very different going to an event and enjoying it to actually trying to organise things and run events and plan right. events because right. that's a significant time commitment. I it spend is. a lot of my time outside of paid work doing work for British naturism. Right. Not everybody either can do that because of family commitments or necessarily is that bothered by it. Right. So the the volun- the encouraging people to volunteer side of this role can sometimes be challenging as well. But I'm hoping that as we rebuild Young British Naturism, more people will become involved and will want to take part in the running and operation of Young British Naturism. We, we've been around for, I think, about, oh, I don't know exactly, 25 years or over now. But historically, it's gone through peaks and troughs in activity. We've had somebody who's really engaged and organising events and then they've aged out. There's been a bit of a gap before somebody else takes over. So again, part of my role now is trying to make sure that there is somebody to take over from me when I age out who's able to continue the work that we are doing because I don't want young British naturism to just fall apart as soon as I age out. We need to make sure that there's continuity. So it's also future planning and trying to get those people involved now to get to know BN, how things work, so that then the mantle can be passed over to them when I'm no longer in post. And I'm guessing faking your birth certificate when you hit 35, changing it to, oh, I'm actually 20. I, uh, they made a mistake. That's probably frowned upon, <laughs> I'm guessing. I think people know me too well by this point anyway. <laughs> I go That's to right. events now and people are saying hello and I'm like, I have no idea who you are. <laughs> they know you though. And it's even worse when I see people clothed because I don't recognize people clothed. <laughs> Exactly. That's exactly. I know right. people naked, but not clothed at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the very terrific and highly articulate Jonathan Ward, the lead of Young British Naturism. You can check them out. bn.org.uk and fish for YBN. It's all there. And we want to hear from you early and often. Find us on Twitter. We're easy to find. Naked Nudist and Naturist. Also send us an email. NakedForevermore at gmail.com. You can hit us up on the website. You can even leave messages on Spotify. And we have a weekly question for you there as well. We really appreciate this time together. And we thank you every single week for being a part of the show. Well, thank you for being with us on Naked, Nudist, and Naturist today, episode 36. We give you a brand new show every Saturday morning at 6 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. Continue to join us. Check us out on our website, nakednudistandnaturist.com, Spotify, Google, Amazon slash Audible, Apple Podcasts, 
And also on Twitter. You can write us anywhere, anytime, anyplace. And uh, we thank you for being with us uh, today. Plan to join us for every single one of our shows here and have your clothes off when you're listening. We have our clothes off when we're broadcasting, enjoying the naturist life. We celebrate clothes-free living for all. Remember to enjoy being naked and join us again for Naked Nudist and Naturist. We drop a brand new show every Saturday morning, so come back and join us. Have your clothes off when you do for Naked Nudist and Naturist. Have a great clothes-free day. Oh.